Well, tonight, in our study from the Word of God, I want to talk with you about a wee little man who climbed up in a sycamore tree to see Jesus. I want to talk with you about someone who lived in the famous city of Jericho, and he was actually blessed with the very presence of Jesus in his house. Tonight in our study from the Word of God, I want to talk with you about a man named Zacchaeus. I want to talk with you about the time when Zacchaeus was blessed to meet Jesus. We can actually read about this in Luke, the 19th chapter. In Luke chapter 19, and we're going to start reading with verse number one. For those who are members of the Monta Vista Church of Christ, remember our theme this year as a church is called Experiencing the Fullness of Christ. Remember, this year we want to know Jesus better. We want to draw closer to Jesus. We want to become more and more like Jesus. That's the goal that our shepherds have put before us this year. And I hope that our study from the Word of God tonight will, will help us draw closer to achieving that goal. In Luke chapter 19, in verse number 1, the Bible says this. It says, He, referring to Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and, and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He is going to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Brothers and sisters, for us to really be able to, to appreciate what's going on here in this episode, I think it is necessary for us to just, to just take a few moments to consider the overall context of what's going on here at this time. You see, here in the context of these verses, we need to understand that, that Jesus is actually traveling to the city of Jerusalem to, to die for the sins of the world. He's actually en route to eventually be betrayed by Judas and to be arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and to be humiliated and even killed for crimes that he did not commit. Very soon, all of these horrible things are about to take place. And my question is this. My question is, why doesn't Luke just, just get us to these things? 
Like all of the other gospel writers, why doesn't Luke just just pass right through the, the city of Jericho and get us to Jerusalem? Why doesn't he just get us to the cross? Why does he feel the need to pause and tell us about this encounter? Well, my dear friends, I believe that the reason why Luke feels the need and why the reason why the Holy Spirit feels the need to tell us about this encounter is because he knows. He knows that there's a lot that we can learn from it. There's a lot of very valuable lessons that we can learn from this encounter. There's a lot that we can learn about Jesus. And there's a lot that we can learn about ourselves, and there's also a lot that we can learn about God and how God views us on an individual level. There's just so many wonderful lessons to be learned from this encounter that is recorded here in the Gospel of Luke. And so tonight in this study from the Word of God, I want to ask you to consider with me a few of those lessons. Tonight, I want you to consider with me a few important lessons that we can learn from this encounter between Zacchaeus and Jesus. And let's just begin tonight by first considering this. Let's consider some some key observations that that the Bible reveals to us about Zacchaeus. Let's take a few moments to talk about Zacchaeus. I mean, that name Zacchaeus, that's That's a very interesting name, wouldn't you agree? In fact, when is the last time you you met somebody with that name Zacchaeus? When is the last time you met a little boy named Zacchaeus? Let me tell you something. I've met a lot of people in my life with Bible names, but I've never met somebody with the name of Zacchaeus. I've never met a little boy who has the name Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is is not one of those names that that a lot of Christian parents are eager to name their sons today. That is not a common name in, in the world today. And yet, even though it is not a common name, we need to understand that it is a very interesting name that has very interesting meaning. In fact, the Hebrew meaning of the name Zacchaeus is pure. It means to be pure or clean or or innocent. That is the Hebrew meaning of the name Zacchaeus, and that is especially interesting to point out when you consider how, according to what we read here in Luke chapter 19, the Bible tells us that that Zacchaeus was, was a tax collector. This man whose name means pure or clean or innocent was a tax collector. And ironically, we're thinking a lot about taxes today. Remember, it's April 15th. It's tax day. And so it is fitting for us to talk about a man who in the first century was a tax collector, right? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. In fact, not only was he a tax collector, but the Bible specifically tells us that he was a chief tax collector. That means that he was a tax collector who had some authority. He was a tax collector who had other tax collectors who worked for him. He was a chief tax collector. That is a very interesting fact that the Bible gives us about Zacchaeus because we got to understand that 
among the first century Jews, tax collectors were not well-respected people. Tax collectors were not viewed in the most positive light. You see, the Jews of the first century did not like tax collectors because they viewed them as dishonest. They viewed them as as crooks. They viewed them as as unethical men who who would intentionally overcharge them and, and pocket the extra money. That's how the Jews of Jesus' day viewed tax collectors. They did not like tax collectors because they viewed them as crooks, but not only did they not like tax collectors for that reason, a second reason why Jews did not like tax collectors is because they had close ties to the Romans. You see, Jews like Zacchaeus and Jews like Matthew, who was an apostle and he was also a tax collector, Jews like Zacchaeus and Matthew had no respect from other Jews in the first century. They were actually viewed as traitors by other Jews. They were viewed as, as men who deserved no respect because they worked for the Roman government. They actually worked for the very government that the Jews wanted to be liberated from. Jews like Zacchaeus and Matthew would have been viewed as outcasts in their society. In fact, this brings us to another interesting thing that Luke tells us about Zacchaeus, and that is not only was he a chief tax collector, but in that same verse, verse 2, we also learn that Zacchaeus was rich. He was extremely rich. He was extremely wealthy, and his wealth, no doubt, was something else that made him very despised by the Jews of his day. You see, many of the Jews of that day would have despised the wealth of a man like Zacchaeus because they would have said that he got most of that wealth being crooked. He got most of that wealth being dishonest. They would have said that he only got extremely wealthy because he was being unethical with his own Jewish people. That's the accusation that would have been brought against him. And that accusation probably would have been true. Zacchaeus probably was a crook. He probably was a very flawed individual. But despite all of the flaws that he possessed, another thing that Luke makes very clear to us in the text is Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see the Lord when the Lord came traveling through the city of Jericho. This chief tax collector, who was a very wealthy man, wanted to see Jesus. And the reason he wanted to see Jesus was because he probably, like many other Jews during that time, he, he had heard a lot about Jesus. He had heard a lot about the miraculous power of Jesus. He had heard about the fact that Jesus did make things that an ordinary man could not do. He cast demons out of people. He healed people with leprosy. He walked on water and calmed terrible storms. He even, he even raised the dead. 
There is no doubt that Zacchaeus probably had heard about, about the miraculous power of Jesus. He knew that, that Jesus could do things that, that superseded the laws of nature. He wanted to see this, this mighty man of miracles. But unfortunately for him, even though he wanted to see Jesus, the Bible also tells us that he initially had a hard time getting what he wanted. You see, unfortunately for Zacchaeus, he initially had a hard time seeing Jesus. And the primary reason for that had to do with his stature. It had to do with the fact that he was short. He was smaller than all the other people who were gathered in the crowd on that day. In fact, isn't that exactly, isn't that exactly what we're seeing with our kids? I mean, is there not a, a children's song that goes, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a, and a wee little man was he? Don't, don't worry, I'm not going to uh, sing the song, I, I'm, but I'm pretty sure you know the song. I'm pretty sure that our kids know the song. I'm pretty sure that our kids know that Zacchaeus had a hard time seeing Jesus because he was a wee little man. Because of his small stature, he had a hard time seeing the Lord. In the midst of the crowd. And so to solve this problem, the scripture says Zacchaeus actually ran ahead of the crowd. And he climbed up into a sycamore tree. And from the top of a sycamore tree, he was able to see Jesus. He was able to see the Lord as he sat in a sycamore tree, in fact, while he was sitting in the tree, the Bible also tells us that Jesus noticed him. Jesus saw him as he sat in the tree. In fact, not only did Jesus see him, but the Bible also says that Jesus spoke to him. Jesus actually opened his mouth and said words to him. He says, Zacchaeus, hurry down from there because I have to come in and stay in your house. Notice how Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come and stay in your house. Jesus invited himself into the home of Zacchaeus. And let me ask you, how would you feel if Jesus did to you what he did to Zacchaeus? How would you feel if anybody invited themselves into your home? Let me tell you something. If you are like me, you wouldn't like that at all. I mean, you wouldn't like, if you're me, you wouldn't like anybody inviting themselves in your home and to spend the night in your home and you pay the bills there. I mean, the average person understand that you're not supposed to invite yourself into somebody else's home, and yet that's exactly what Jesus does here, right? Jesus actually invites himself into the home of Zacchaeus, and I want to suggest to you that the reason why it was okay for Jesus to do that, the reason why it was okay for the Lord to do that was because of who he is. It's because he's the Lord. It's because he's Jesus. It's because he's God. It's because he, he's the creator. He's deity in, in, a, in a human body. 
In fact, in fact, Zacchaeus seemed to clearly understand that because the Bible tells us that after Jesus invited himself into the home of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus came down from the tree and, and he gladly received him. He gladly received the Lord. He didn't say, well, Lord, my home's not clean enough yet, so just give me a couple of days to, to get things all sorted out. If he was married, he didn't marry, he didn't say, well, well, Lord, let me first check with my, my wife first to make sure that's okay. He, he didn't say, well, you know, Lord, this is kind of a last minute thing, and I know you're just passing through here, and so how about you come into my home the next time you, you, you find yourself in Jericho? Notice how Zacchaeus didn't say any of those things. Zacchaeus didn't procrastinate. And put off the Lord's invitation into his home. Instead, the Bible makes it very clear that Zacchaeus gladly received him into his home. Zacchaeus gladly received the Lord into his home at that very moment. And I am curious, brothers and sisters, to know what would you have done if you found yourself in Zacchaeus' sandal? I mean, if you found yourself in Zacchaeus' sandals, if the Lord has said to you, today I must come and, and stay in your house, would you have been okay with that? Would you have embraced that? Would you have been comfortable with that? Would you and your family been ready for an on-the-spot visit from Jesus? Zacchaeus clearly was. The Lord invited himself into Zacchaeus' home. And Zacchaeus gladly received him. Now, those are just a few key observations that the Holy Spirit gives us concerning this interesting encounter between Jesus and the chief tax collector of Jericho. The question, though, is this. The question is, so what? So what? What can we learn from this? What can we learn from this encounter between Jesus and the wee little man Zacchaeus? What can we learn about our Lord Jesus that can help us draw closer to him as his people? Well, I want to submit to you that from this account given in the gospel, there are at least three powerful lessons that we learn about Jesus here. And the first lesson we learn about Jesus is this. The first lesson we learn about the Lord from this encounter with Zacchaeus is, number one, from this we learn, we learn that the Lord knows us. The, the Lord knows us. He knows us just like he knew Zacchaeus. I want you to go back to the text again, and I want you to notice carefully what the Bible says in verse number five. Do you see verse number five there in the text? I want you to notice how after looking up and noticing Zacchaeus and that sycamore tree, the Bible says that Jesus said something. Jesus said something to Zacchaeus. He actually called Zacchaeus by name and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for today. I must stay in your house. Notice, brothers and sisters, how here in this verse, we see that the first thing that Jesus said to Zacchaeus 
As he looked up in the sycamore tree, as he said his name, he said Zacchaeus, he called Zacchaeus. He called him by his name. He actually knew his name. Keep in mind that, that Zacchaeus had never met Jesus before. He had never introduced himself to Jesus before. I mean, he had heard of Jesus. He had heard of Jesus' miracles and his teaching and what he stood for, but he had never met him. He had never had the opportunity to even introduce himself to the Lord at this time. As far as we know, they had never personally met one another up to this point, and yet, out of all the people who were gathered on this occasion, Jesus acknowledged him. Jesus called him by name. Jesus knew exactly who Zacchaeus was, and, and he knew everything about him. Jesus already knew Zacchaeus before Zacchaeus even knew him. And let me tell you something, just like the Lord knew Zacchaeus, he also knows us. He also knows me, and he also knows you, he also knows all of us by our names. He, he also knows who you are and, and what you're doing in your life. He also knows everything you've done in your life and, and everything you're going to do in your life. He also knows what you're thinking about right now. He also knows what's going on in your heart. He also knows you better than you know yourself, just like he knew Zacchaeus you need to understand that he also knows you. Jesus knows us. But not only does Jesus know us, a second lesson we learn from this is, is Jesus also wants us. He knows us and he wants us. He wants to, to walk with us in our lives. He wants to be in our lives. He wants to be our Lord and our King and our Master. He, he wants to have a, a relationship with us. Remember, that is exactly what he wanted with, with Zacchaeus. Remember, even though the majority of Jews during this day could not stand Zacchaeus, even though they, they shunned a man like Zacchaeus, Jesus still viewed him as important. Jesus still wanted to be in his life. In fact, that is exactly why Jesus told him, I want to come and I want to stay with you in your house. Most of the people shunned Zacchaeus. But Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come and stay with you in your house. And if you remember going back to the text, when that, when that happened, when Jesus said that, that angered a lot of people in Jericho. Going back to verse number seven, notice how, notice how when the Jews saw Jesus going to spend time in Zacchaeus' home, they grumbled about that. They turned their noses up to that. They, they said, look at him, look, he's going to spend time with a man who is a sinner. They did not like the fact that Jesus was spending time with a chief tax collector like 
Zacchaeus, and that is certainly not the only time we find Jesus facing criticism because he spent time with outcasts in society. I'm reminded of what we find in the Gospel of Luke. Are you still in Luke? Look at chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, in verse number 39, here we read about a time when Jesus was spending some time in a Pharisee's home, and there was a woman who was viewed as a sinner among the people, and she came to Jesus weeping, she was crying, and she washed Jesus' feet with her tears using her hair. The Bible says in Luke 7, verse 39, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, when he saw Jesus allowing this woman who was a sinner to wash his feet with her hair, he said to himself, if, if this man was, were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Notice how Jesus is being criticized here by a religious leader because... He gave some attention to a woman who was viewed as a sinner. With that, what you find in Luke, the 15th chapter. In Luke chapter 15, in verse number 1, Luke 15 and verse 1, the Bible says that all the tax collectors, not just Zacchaeus, but all the tax collectors, and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to what? they began to grumble, complain, saying, this man receives sinners, and he eats with them. Notice how Jesus was constantly criticized because he gave attention to quote-unquote sinners. He gave attention to the tax collectors. He gave attention to the harlots to lepers, to poor people, to people who had bad reputations. Jesus was constantly criticized because he spent time with people like that. And I guess the question we need to ask ourselves is, is why? Why did Jesus do that? Why did he spend time with sinners? Why did he spend time with harlots? And tax collectors, why did he spend time with, with the outcast of society? I mean, was he spending time with people like this because he was trying to show approval for their sins? Of course not. Of course not, brothers and sisters. We all know that the Lord never showed approval for people's sins. The Lord never showed approval for people's wicked and evil behavior. We all know that Jesus was holy. In fact, he was holy at the highest level. He didn't spend time with people like this to show approval for their sins. Instead, he spent time with people like this because he loved them. Because he cared about their souls and he wanted to help them go to heaven. He wanted to help them be saved. He viewed their souls just as important as anyone else's. I think we see that clearly when we go back to Luke chapter 19. And we listen to what Jesus said beginning with verse number 9. After receiving criticism for spending time in the home of Zacchaeus, in Luke 19 and verse 9, Jesus said, 
to him. He said to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house. Because he too, Zacchaeus too, he's a son of Abraham. He's a Hebrew. He's a descendant of Abraham. Now here's the key, verse 10. Verse 10, for the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost. Notice how there in Luke 19 and verse 10, we find the mission statement of Jesus. Notice how here we see exactly why Jesus came into the world. Notice how Jesus came into the world to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek and to save the harlots. He came to seek and to save the tax collectors. He came to, to seek and to save the poor and the lepers and even the religious elite like the scribes and the Pharisees. He even came to seek and to save people like Zacchaeus. Jesus wanted to save even a man like Zacchaeus. He wanted Zacchaeus. And let me tell you something. Just like he wanted Zacchaeus, he also wants you. He also wants to save you. The question is, do you want him? Do you want him in your life? Have you gladly received him in your life just like Zacchaeus did? According to verse number six. From this encounter, we see that Jesus knows us. Jesus wants us. But then the third and final lesson I want to point out is from this, we also see that Jesus can change us. He can change us. Going back to Luke 19 one more time. After the people grumbled because Jesus went to be a guest in the home of Zacchaeus. Verse 8 says that he has stopped and said, Lord, behold, Lord, behold, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone or anything, I will give back four times as much. I want to suggest that what Zacchaeus does here is extremely important for us to appreciate. Brothers and sisters, we need to understand that what Zacchaeus is offering to do here would not have been easy for any person to do, especially somebody who was in his position. You see, when a man like Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, offers to start giving away half of his money and his possessions to help the poor, that's a big deal. That is a huge deal. That is probably something that, that shocked everybody who was gathered on that day. You see, the people gathered there that day were probably shocked to hear a wealthy tax collector like Zacchaeus promise to give away half of his wealth to help the poor. They are probably shocked to hear somebody they viewed as a corrupt heathen Say that he was willing to, to make restitution. Say that he was willing to, to give back four times as much to anybody that, that he had cheated in his life. The people gathered there on this occasion probably were stunned to hear such humble and penitent words come from a man like Zacchaeus. But, 
Brothers and sisters, isn't that exactly the kind of impact that Jesus has on people? I mean, doesn't the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus have the power to, to change people? Doesn't it have the power to change people's thinking and, and their behavior? You, you know it does. In fact, this is not the only time in the gospel where we read about the, the Lord Jesus having the power to change people. I'm, I'm reminded of Saul of Tarsus. I'm reminded of how Saul of Tarsus transformed from being a man who hated Christianity. And he went from house to house persecuting Christians. He, he transformed from being a man who did that kind of stuff to eventually becoming a Christian himself and traveling around the world promoting the gospel. Jesus changed Saul of Tarsus. And I'm also reminded of Saul of Simon the sorcerer in Acts chapter 8. I'm reminded of how Simon transformed from being a wicked sorcerer who spent many years deceiving the people of Samaria to eventually believe in the gospel and repent of his sins and be baptized and, and becoming a child of God. And I'm also reminded of those Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm reminded of how Paul says they transformed from being people who at one time were involved in adultery and fornication and homosexuality and thievery and idolatry. They once were involved in those things, but eventually they gave their lives to Jesus. Eventually they were sanctified, justified, and washed by his blood. They became Christians. Paul says they gave up that evil stuff they used to do. My dear friends, Jesus. Jesus has the power to change people. He had the power to change Saul. He had the power to change Simon, the sorcerer. He had the power to change the Corinthians and Zacchaeus. And he also has the power to change me and you if we're currently in sin. He has the power to change us if we will humble ourselves before him like Zacchaeus did. And allow him to change us. Jesus has the power to change the most vile sinner a righteous child of God, but we have to let him. We got to let him come into our lives. Let us pray. Almighty God, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Luke recording this incident, this encounter between him and Zacchaeus by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We pray that we will take these lessons we've learned about Jesus from this account and that we will apply them in our lives, that we will think on them daily and that we will allow them to draw us closer to your son and become more like him in our daily lives. Thank you for knowing us. Thank you for wanting us. And thank you for changing us if we're your people. In Jesus' name, amen.